What's up, everybody? Pat Flynn here, and welcome to episode 1,211. You're about to listen to a coaching call between myself and an entrepreneur just like you, and today we're speaking with Jody Gregory from SeekInfo.com. She's been doing this thing for 20 years now, and just recently, she's had this inclination to teach people how to do what she's been doing and do it with a cohort-based course. That means with a group of students at the same time, maybe turning it into a digital course down the road, but you know, she's asking me questions like, how do I start and promote this thing? You know, she doesn't really have, quote unquote, an audience and has only been relying on word of mouth since her start. And her business is successful, but she wants this to be successful and a little bit more passive as well. So how are we gonna do that? Well, sit back, listen in, and we'll uncover it all. Here she is, Jody Gregory from seekinfo.com. Jody, welcome to Ask Pat. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, it's good to be here. I'm excited that you're here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do, Jody? Okay, my name is Jody Gregory, and I own a company called Seek Information Services. I have had the company for over 20 years, so I've been here a long time doing what I do. And up until now, I have been getting all my business through word of mouth, and that works really well. And I love what I do, but recently I've had requests from people to have me teach how I do what I do, how to make them better searchers, because I'm, I do insight as a service, I like to say. So like software as a service, I do insight. So it's like I do research for people who need to answer business questions or make a business decision. And I help them with the support and material to be able to make that with being informed. That's so cool. So Seek Information Services, do you have a website that we could point people to who are more curious about it? Yes, it's seekinfo.com. Seekinfo.com. That's a great URL, by the way. And you said you've been doing this for 20 years. How did you get into that? Well, I worked for a company that is a database supplier, LexisNexis. Attorneys use a lot, and I did training for them. And when I left, I wanted to stay home with my kids. So all my clients said that I was working with through the company said, we would love for you to continue to help us. And that launched it. And um, That's great. a couple of times I, I managed a library for the Air Force for a little bit when I wanted to get back in work going to a place. But other than that, it's been active, just me working from home. To get into your question with relation to doing this now for other people and not just the word of mouth business that you've had, but teaching other people how to do this kind of stuff. What's your initial gut reaction to that? I'm curious. I love it. The times I've done it, people really reacted well to it. And I love teaching. I think it's really successful. I've gotten great testimonials from it when I've done that. But the thing is, getting to why, you know, I asked for your help is I have no audience. You know, the clients that I have come back to me after time after time. So I don't have a way to start the passive income part of it. You know, I have everything has come to me. Now, let's let's maybe snap our fingers into the future and the business of teaching this to others is the way that you envision it to be in your perfect sort of situation. What does that look like to you exactly? Well, it looks like I like the cohort based. It doesn't mean that I couldn't do it in a different way, but I like the interaction. So I, and I already have a community set up to support the courses. And, uh, you know, I have several course outlines that I have ready to go. 
uh, but I don't have any way to tell people about it. How are you initially getting people? You said you've taught a few times before. Who are those people and how do they find you? They found me through people that they know that they have. More word of mouth. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. That's so cool. So it seems like word of mouth has always been working pretty well for you. And I would imagine that for doing this for so long, you know, quite a few people who maybe they're not perfect to learn from, but they might know people that might be perfect to learn from you. If I were in your position, I would just try to do one cohort-based sort of lesson-based plan to start out with that starts on a particular date later this year or whenever you'd like to do it, and it runs for X number of weeks, and you just tell everybody you know that this is something you're doing, and if they're interested, they can sign up, or if they might know somebody who's interested, they could sign up. And the truth is you might not need to go out and find an audience right now for this. A lot of people think that you have to have an Instagram of a thousand people, an email list of a thousand people and all like a YouTube channel with, you know, 10,000 subscribers. The truth is you've probably built an extensive database in your past and, and a Rolodex that with the people who know people who know people sort of Kevin Bacon, whatever that thing is called, like you probably could fill this up and, and might be quite surprised. And if it doesn't, well, then at least you know now that your next step is to find people on the outside of your current network. Does that make sense? Yes. How much time would you suggest I give it? Like if I start reaching out to people, how long would you suggest I wait into, or until I fill it? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, actually, let me ask you, when do you think you might be ready to create this thing? If you were comfortable and, and didn't feel rushed with this, but when during the year do you think you might be able to launch this thing? Well, I'm in your heroic online courses that starts next week. So. Oh, there we go. We're talking about it. That's what I'm talking about. You can tell me. I should be ready with this when we're done, right? You're getting a little preview here of what's to come. I like it. So that's fantastic. We actually meet two days from now with our little sort of a, a kickoff meeting, which is exciting. And then lessons start next week for us. So this is great. So to give you a little bit of a, of a push there, you'll, you'll eventually have a... Um, a deadline by the end of the course in, in which you will launch this thing. And you will know and get an experience firsthand at a cohort-based model and what that might look like. And you're totally allowed to steal from us and pull the things that you like, and the pull from the things that you don't like, and, and craft your own sort of sequence with this. But as far as how much time to go back to your initial question, I was going to reverse engineer and then, you know, We'll, we'll figure all that out together live with other people, in fact. And you're going to get a lot of feedback from others who are there with you, which is going to be cool. But in general, I would say that if you knew that you were going to, let's just pick a date, if, if it was like April 1st or whatever, right? No April Fool's. It was April 1st. You're going to launch this thing. Obviously, if you let people know a week ahead of time, that's not enough time, right? Especially for a cohort-based model. Because a cohort-based model specifically does require a little bit of time and, and planning and work around and hey i'm going to be you know working on this thing so honey can you watch the kids during this time you know on these days of the week like that kind of conversation might need to happen in general i would say two months ahead of time to let people know that two months from now we're going to start and initiate the course and then you can just start seeding that as far as an idea of when it's going to happen and even have a page up for people to sign up if they're interested or at least be able to reach out to you if they have further questions. And questions are good because that fills in a lot of the gaps that other people are probably thinking too that you can address later. But then come a month prior to the launch, you'll want to have a cutoff date eventually, a cutoff date at which point a person is like able to sign up before, okay, that's the end of it. And yes, you could have that 
all the way until like we could have continued signups for heroic online courses until you know thursday morning but we didn't want to do that because we want to prep you mentally to get ready for what's to come right so about a week or two in advance of when everything starts you kind of shut the sales off so you can turn off the sales sort of part of the brain and start going into the, okay, here are my students. I, I see their names now. Let's get them prepared. If there's any workbooks or worksheets or anything that might need to be created ahead of time, you can know who they're for and then you can, you can do that. So I would say two months, you start letting people know. One month, you start to get a little bit more, you know, directive or aggressive, not super aggressive, but just, hey, there's only a couple of weeks left to sign up before we start next month. So be sure to get in now. And then two weeks before the date of the course beginning, you have your students, you're ready to go and rock and roll with them. Sounds like a good plan. Good, good. That's exciting. I'm, and the reason I asked you initially, like, what does your gut feeling say is because a lot of people will make a decision to go down this path simply because other people are doing it too, without necessarily thinking about, well, does this fit into what I like to do or not? It's just a decision based on the shiny object syndrome, right, that we often fall into. But it sounds like you're really excited about this. So tell me about the course structure. What what might that look like in your head a little bit? I know we're going to extrapolate that together in the next coming weeks, but tell me the, the process by which a person who signs up will run with you. Well, it's interesting that you asked that because I just read something about on Twitter about how PowerPoint is dead and uh, you shouldn't use PowerPoint for storytelling. And and that was, of course, just a few people's opinion. But what was successful is when I did the webinars was I had a PowerPoint that had all the links that they needed and images of what they would see when they were searching. And everybody really liked it. So I might still stick with that, even though, you know, I've heard otherwise, because it really worked. And I just spoke over it. I walked them through what I was showing them. And then I had, you know, all kinds of handouts and things to go along with. Right, right. Well, you're going to see when we start Heroic Online Courses that we are using uh, a presentation software and speaking over it. And then, you know, we will be switching to camera to talk if, you know, I'm telling a story and I don't need to show that slide the whole time. I'll switch back to camera so we can be personal. Uh, and then I'll switch back if there's bullet points or other things to share too. So, you know, it's hard because oftentimes people will make these blanket statements, right? It's like, you know, here's the diet of the year that everybody's going to use. And yes, maybe it works for some, but everybody's body is different, much like everybody's audience is different. And if you've already pressure tested this, like, do it like you they haven't pressure tested this with you and your audience you have so you know this already I, I would go full force with it i find that powerpoint presentations or powerpoint type presentations whether it's keynote or or even canva now has their own powerpoint kind of situation going on i think there are good ways to use it and there are not so good ways to use it right if you're just literally listing bullet points for the entire two hours well, then maybe, yeah, okay, it's not maybe doing the best that it could do. But if you show an amazing picture that relates to the story you're about to tell, it really provides a visual for people. And then, of course, any resources and links, um, having a huge paragraph of that is not going to be helpful, but having them bullet point listed out for people is helpful. Again, I think that you should follow your gut here with regards to how you might teach this. And also, again, you'll get a lot of ideas from us. Team SPI when you're running through this next week. So I'm excited for that. 
What else is of concern to you with relation to courses and, and going down this path? How are you imagining it to be with relation to the work that you're already doing, the thing that you've done for 20 years and now adding on courses? Are you hoping to go all time with courses and eventually let go of everything that you're doing now? Or like, what's a perfect balance for you in your mind? Well, I, I like a balance. I like doing both. I, I would like to do both. One thing is what, and, and this has happened for all 20 years. It's a, there's no, nothing I've ever been able to do to figure out how to avoid this, but it's sometimes feast or famine. So I will have four projects all at once and I do subcontract and get help. So I'm not taking it all on, on my own all the time. I've got resources for that, but still I can go a whole month and not have anything. And even after 20 years, I'll start to panic. Oh, maybe I, you know, I'm not going to have any more work. So the passive part of this course that it helps me think I'll have a balance. Yeah, it, it can definitely help because it's up to you now in terms of when you want to decide to launch this thing. I will say that a cohort-based course, like you'll see that we do it, is definitely not quote-unquote passive. I mean, it is something that we control when it happens and we know exactly when we're going to show up and, and you know when you're going to show up and, and we know how long it's going to take. That's great because it's controlled and it's within our schedule and, and we can build for that. The optimal passive way to create something like this would be to turn that cohort-based course, which I still recommend you would do. Many people start out, in fact, we started out with a cohort-based version so we can get that feedback and see people's reactions and get their testimonials and get those wins. And then we turn it into a digital course. And the digital course is nice, although it doesn't have the interaction, which is really helpful and whatnot. There are people, many people out there, obviously, who purchase digital courses and run through them and I don't have to be there for that to happen, right? And you could create a version of this cohort-based course that's, that is digital that couldn't run all the time. I mean, 24-7, 365, it's in the background. And if you have a website or start creating content, then that's how people can find it. But I think with what you have available to you now, which is your network and your experience and skills, I think that you'll be able to run a successful cohort-based course to start with. And you might just want to keep it that way. You, you might fall in love with it and, and not imagine it as a digital course from there. It's you, you have options, of course. Well, that sounds good because I, I think eventually I might want to have more passive part of it so that um, more people can experience it, you know, but that sounds great to me because I, for a while, I'd still like to do what I've been doing with my regular clients too. Of course. And even like, let's think even bigger. How else might you make this passive? Let's imagine that you train some of these people and they now become coaches who lead the cohort-based stuff on your behalf. Uh, this is exactly what like Dave Ramsey does. I mean, he has thousands of people who have learned his sort of process and now teach it and, and, and you know, have a, uh, a revenue share along with that. Even one of our cohort-based courses, which was the podcasting course, the Power of Podcasting Bootcamp, the last one that we did, I was not at all involved. I just showed up in the beginning to welcome people and I showed up at the end. With HOC, I'm gonna be in there uh, you know, every Tuesday teaching and I'll be in there uh, with you the whole time. But just to show you, you could get to a point where you have other team members you know, who make it passive for you, even though there's still human interaction required, you can just be there to find those right people and train them and then they're running the groups and you kind of, kind of split the costs with them. Or And then it's just about managing people at that point. And, that's another option. There's there's so many things you can do, but all that being said, like bringing it down to next steps, it's going to be 
outlining this course, really getting the positioning and the marketing correct, and then it's feeding people into it. And uh, that's really exciting, Jody. I'm excited to work with you. Well, I am too. I've you know taken a pre uh, a look at what's there, and I've gotten excited about it. Started working on a few things. So nice. I love it. A go-getter. That's exactly the kind of person we want. So that's fantastic. Do you have a name for the course, perhaps? Yes, it's Super Searcher Studio. I like alliteration for the sneak, but also I was profiled in a book called Super Searchers Make It On Their Own. And it was all about people that do what I do that, you know, work on their own instead of like uh, for a service or something like that. And so that's where I got that from. I imagine that you'd be very useful for like crime scenes and stuff too. Like you just know how to get in there and figure out like the puzzles. Yeah, that is something uh, I love about it. For example, I do work for patent attorneys and the work is usually to find something that existed, you know, 20 years ago or 10 or 15 years ago and things change online so much, you know, it takes some kind of detective work to Uh, first I've been around that long. So I know, you know, what things look like then. So that helps a little bit. Also knowing what sources to look at. And it's a funny thing, but intuition plays a big part in it too. So there'll be times when I'm, you know, asleep and all of a sudden I'll wake up and I'll go, I know right where to find that. You know, one source that's never been a good source all of a sudden has this particular document we're looking for. That sounds really fun. But it can also be um, helping someone who, for example, a school system wanted to convert their buses to nitrogen. And they had heard that they blow up. There was all these problems with them. And so part of what I do, too, is to interact with people, not only find the online information that I can through the databases I have access to, but talking to people. So I found a mechanic who helped a school system convert all their buses. He was really phenomenal. I mean, we're still LinkedIn friends <laughs> because we got to really know each other. You know, me asking him questions that would help the school system make the decision whether they wanted to convert or not. So that's what I love about it. Phone calls and, and conversations like that. Yep. I'll reach out to them online and say what I'm doing. And you know who else uses? I remember watching a show on Discovery slash Science Channel called Mythbusters. You've probably heard of it before. Uh, with Jamie and Adam, and they do these really cool myths. But there was an episode where they shared who was working to help them. And they had this huge team of researchers who were helping them uncover these myths and science. And like, of course, they're the hosts and you think that they're they're doing it all, but it's actually the people under the hood who are doing the calls and the discoveries to find the, the venue to explode this thing or, you know, go deep into the research to find the scientists from who knows where, who is an unknown person who like actually was responsible for this thing. It's like, that's such important work. So what would be the transformation for somebody who takes your course? This will be, you'll hear me talk about that word a lot when we work together. It's this idea of transformation. So a person comes into your course, what are you helping them uncover? And it's like a person, here's the thing. Nobody wakes up and says, I want to buy a course today, right? They want the result of what the course gives them. What is what is ultimately your student after they take your course? What is now available in their life that they can do? And I'm worried about this messaging because it doesn't seem to convert well when I even hire people to copyright well, we'll, for me. We'll work through it together, yeah. One thing is, is that a lot of people just will do, there are statistics that say people will not search more than one or two times on Google, for example, for an answer. They just give up. And we're not 
primarily I'm not searching on Google. Or if I am, I'm using very advanced search techniques to find what I'm looking for fast. For example, there, you know, a lot of people don't know there's a date restriction. So if I'm looking for a document that was available before 2006, I can say to the search engine, even Google or DuckDuckGo, doesn't matter. I only want results of things that were indexed before a certain time. So those skills of knowing how to search will change I want to show other people how to search that way. So they're not just doing a quick Google search. Or the other thing is where to find the information that's behind a firewall or paywall, because 75% of information is not even indexed on Google. That's a big number. A lot of people don't realize that. But even today, if you go to New York Times, they don't let you see their content unless you sign up. And a lot of times if you pay. So we know how to not only find those and we subscribe to databases where we can get to that information for people, but also I can share with people how you find it. There are private libraries that you can subscribe to where you can search through databases. A lot of people in college, you know, had fantastic access to databases through their colleges, but they lose that once they become an alumni. So having those sources available, like a dissertation, for example, if you're a PhD candidate and you want to see what other people have written, that kind of thing. It's hard to do the messaging to show the transformation. But if you read like my testimonials, you'll see that once people get the information and people still want to do it on their own, and that's fine. I love to teach people. So we have people being better at searching, saving themselves time and having the best information to make decisions. And it's getting harder than ever to figure out, and even for us, the experts in it, what's real, what's not biased. You know, that takes a lot of skill and knowledge and experience, quite frankly, to figure out what's real information that you can rely on. Because even something like the AP Newswire, which all of us thought was very reliable, has made mistakes before. Fantastic. I mean, a lot of that should end up on a sales page at some point, right? However, I heard a lot of what I need. I need skills to search faster, right? And that's what you're going to teach me, right? The, and, and you're giving me what I need. But there is a huge difference between what people need and then again, what people want. And you kind of have to lead with that carrot first, right? And that carrot in, in this case, and this is great because we can talk like we're already sort of like untangling some things before we get into it later this week. But the carrot, for example, would be if you were working for a newspaper and you want to dig in and find the best research as quickly as possible because time is money, well, you're going to have that. How? Well, I'll show you how to do all the super advanced search stuff, right? Because people, again, they wake up in the morning and they don't want super advanced search techniques. They want what those super advanced search techniques will give them. If I am an investigative reporter, for example, I'm going to want all this stuff because it helps me in my career. It'll help me boost my career right? It's a career boosting situation. It's a time saving thing. It's a like the thing is like, wh what is Uber? Uber? Uber thinks if you ask people, well, what is Uber? Oh, it's an app that brings cars like to your home and or wherever you're at and you can just call a car and it can get you. But when you bring it down to, well, the human need of what people want and why they use it, they want now. They want cars on demand. They want to save time. So you'll hear me talk about in Heroic Online courses like down to the root level, what does a human want? 
and how your course can help them get that thing, right? Because your search capabilities could probably help people in their careers. It can help them make a lot more money. All these little things that that's what people wake up and want, but they don't know that they need this yet. But you'll show them that. And that's where they go, oh my gosh, you've just given me the key to the door to all this stuff that I'm looking for. So anyway, hopefully you're getting excited and like that's helping out a little bit. But uh, we'll talk more about that later. Well, I saw this quote that said, great copy tells people how cool they can be, not how cool you are. That's right. So I've kind of kept that about how, and, you know, we had, I had an example where I was in a group and they were teaching how to make funnel pages. And there was a gentleman in there who installed showers. So a lot of people, you know, you would think, oh gosh, how would we teach him? But I happened to be in a bunch of Facebook groups for fun or for information. And one is this giant laundry and cleaning Facebook group with thousands of people in it. But what I discovered, and this is, I actually put this into a little course just for myself of outlining how I would do it, was that people talk all the time about how hard showers are to clean, that they want shelves in their showers for their products, but they don't want them seen through their glass shower doors. I mean, it was amazing how much people were talking about these things that he could use either to sell his product and messaging or upsell. Right, right. You know, a lot of people said they want a bench built in to their showers. So he could use that as an upsell. So here's some, that was somebody that, you know, is just trying to find language for a landing page and figure out how his thing can be sold. And, you know, I had all these sources. I was so excited because there were about 20 different things that he could use. So to zoom out, you could help anybody who does marketing for any company, essentially, sell more products, find more product ideas based on the advanced research techniques that you potentially have, right? Right. So this leads me to the fact that, well, when we talked about, well, I don't have an audience yet, you can kind of pick and choose who you want to help, right? Niche down. I'm going to help entry-level marketing teams and I'm going to help them save time and, and help companies make more money and discover more ideas and listen to their customers much easier and do reconnaissance in their industry through these techniques I'm going to teach you. And that, that I mean, any smart business would want to take advantage of, of that, right? Maybe another campaign down the road is you help authors, authors who are doing research for their books. Okay, authors, let's do a special promo for you. And then you connect with other authors. You maybe help an author yourself live on their YouTube channel. And now their YouTube channel is stoked because they're learning a couple techniques from you, but they want to go deeper. And their whole audience are authors. And now they're going into your course, teaching the same stuff that you would teach anybody else. But now with this sort of boundary of, oh, this is for authors and this is what this will do for you, you author who is trying to get your message and write a great book. So there's a lot of possibilities there with with what what you do. So I'm excited for you, Jody. I hope you're excited to to work with us. And I just want to thank you for coming on. And I hope this was helpful and at least you know got the gears going for what's what's to come. Very much so. Thank you. Good. You're welcome. Where one more time can people go to find you and, and your work? They can go to the website. There's a contact link there. There's also syncinfo.com slash contact me. So that would be a way to get all the different ways through Instagram and Facebook. They can find me online. So it's seekinfo.com forward slash contact me. All right, there you go. That's where you can find Jody. And Jody, I'll see you soon. Thank you so much for today and I uh, look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you, same to you. 
All right, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jody. So, so excited to be working with Jody. She will be a part of the Heroic Online Courses Bootcamp. Every few months, we offer a bootcamp, what we call our cohort-based styled programming. And we take a lot of our digital courses, we turn them into live sessions that people work with us for for six to eight weeks to make sure people get the result. And Jody, I cannot wait to have you back on and maybe on the Smart Passive Income podcast one day to talk about your success and how you went from here to there and that goes for everybody else in HOC as well. Really excited to be working with you if you're there and you're probably already in the middle of your coursework by the time you're listening to this. So uh, good luck, keep going, appreciate you. If you'd like to get involved with something that's similar to a cohort right now, you can apply to SPI Pro. SPI Pro is our community, our premium community with entrepreneurs just like you. And this is where we connect, we mastermind. There's events, there's challenges, and there's obviously spaces within our circle programming that allows you to connect with each other based on different topics and subjects. And by far, it's been the best feedback we've ever gotten from anything we've ever produced ever since SPI started has been from SPI Pro. And all you have to do is go to spipro.com and you can apply there. See if it's the right fit for you because we only wanna work with you if it's the right fit for you and we'll let you know if it's not. So spipro.com is where you'll wanna head. And again, thank you to Jody. You can find her again at seekinfo.com and make sure you hit subscribe because we got another great conversation happening next week. Until then, peace out, take care. And as always, Team Flynn for the win. Thanks for listening to Ask Pat at askpat.com. I'm your host, Pat Flynn. Our senior producer is Sarah Jane Hess. Our series producer is David Grabowski. And our executive producer is Matt Gartland. Sound editing by Duncan Brown. Ask Pat is a production of SPI Media. We'll catch you in the next session. Hey there, thank you for listening to Ask Pat 2.0. Now, you might have noticed that we haven't published a new episode in a while. And that is because in 2023, after 1,269 episodes, we decided to sunset the show, for now at least. And this way, we can focus our energy and efforts on our other podcasts and other projects. That being said, all 1,269 episodes are still live and downloadable, and the published dates may be old, but there are still a ton of questions I've answered on the show and people I've coached. Those episodes are just as valuable as they were back then. So you can also visit smartpassiveincome.com slash askpat to dig through the archives. Plus, there's a search tool on the website that lets you search across our podcasts and blog. And of course, the Smart Passive Income podcast is still live and energetic and awesome and publishing twice a week. So make sure you're subscribed there so we can still continue this conversation. And we have some of the foremost experts and thought leaders in entrepreneurship on the show every single week. So you definitely don't want to miss it. Again, check it out. It's the Smart Passive Income podcast. Just find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can find it there as well. Thank you again for listening in and I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.